The Lord said to Moses, I will bring judgment on all the gods in the land so that my wonders may multiply. This is the key to understanding God's plan behind the disasters. Ten plagues against ten false gods man has made for themselves. This is the third plague from the book of Exodus chapter 8. With only four verses, the third plague in Egypt was shorter than all the other accounts from the Bible. God instructed Moses and Aaron to hit the ground with their staff, and then insects, gnats, insects as numerous as the dust on the ground came out. And these insects came onto all the people and animals. And when the magicians and sorcerers who belonged to Pharaoh tried to do the same thing as Moses and Aaron did, they could not. They replicated the first two plagues, changing water into blood and making frogs appear from the river, but not this time. So the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. The first takeaway from this plague is that even the sorcerers say, This is God, as in, not us, we can't do this. God was the one who did this, and there's no way we could do the same thing that God does. A word on who these magicians were. These magicians or sorcerers can be described as priests or diviners of the Egyptian religions that they uh, worship with their own respective deities. The word for these magicians, Chartum, had no Hebraic origin in the Hebrew language. It was a word borrowed from the Egyptian language to describe this type of foreign cult diviners, foreign to the Hebrew people. This word was used to describe only the Egyptian cultic priest within the books of Moses, and only one other time, again, in the book of Daniel to describe astrologers. So if you search for the usage of the word throughout the Bible, it was unusually limited for this reason. These magicians can best be compared to occult practitioners or occult believers of our times like astrology, palm reading, consulting mediums or spirits of the dead, Ouija, many other things. And the people who perform these things are keenly aware that in this world there are many types of spiritual powers. Many things had been worshipped by men as gods or demons. They are not gods in themselves, but they were being treated by people as false gods, idolatry. Because of this, the magicians or sorcerers often recognize there's like a ranking among these gods that they make for themselves, like a pantheon of some gods above other gods and some below, like a, like a leaderboard to godness of other gods. And they may choose to follow so-and-so according to their practices or traditions in exchange for some certain eye-catching ability or performance and in the process make a living of it. That's the occult. In the previous plague, Pharaoh asked for Moses to pray, and the plague with the frogs immediately ended when Moses prayed. Now Pharaoh had his own diviners who tried to do the same this time. 
And these magicians say, when God has done something that they cannot do, this is God, not us. We cannot do what only God can do. From the Bible, we know that all the things in the world are created by God with governing principles and natural laws, which are our scientific minds constantly try to investigate and understand and examine. And when God created all things in the beginning, everything was good according to God's pleasure and design. Even God says everything was good by his standard, which, as you can imagine, was very high. In the eyes of God, his creation was very good. However, there are occult practices and occult religions which attempt to give the illusion of manipulating God's created order of natural things and natural laws. The occult makes what is natural in the eyes of God to look like supernatural without God. That's the occult. This is why the Lord God said to Moses, I will bring judgment against all the idols and false gods in the land, and he would do so with wonders, which were the ten plagues. God judges all the idols in the land, including any allegiance to the occult and occult practices. And God shows himself a greater and most perfect God, worthy far above any other forms or objects which need not be worshipped as deities. And with the plagues, God is exposing the idolatry that is in the land. God can do the things that no occult could try to do. And even the occultists or sorcerers will say, this is God. Only God can do this. And God shows his judgment in a way for all the world to see. All the plagues were done by God for everyone to see. And everyone now sees and knows that no one else can stop or replicate this plague. And all the plagues will only stop or go away at God's command. We've already seen God's authority and timing in stopping the second plague previously with the frogs. What was fascinating in this short account of this plague was with the gnats or the insects was that the occultist already surrendered, but Pharaoh himself wouldn't let up. They said, we cannot do this. We cannot replicate or imitate what God is doing. This is the finger of God. So they were very aware that only God, the highest, can be responsible for this plague and a catastrophe on so wide a scale that affects the whole world. So the magicians back down. They renounce themselves. They openly confess there's a greater and higher God who can do this. We cannot. This is God. By the way, you will notice that after this plague, these magicians did not show up again afterwards, except one other time where they also got into trouble and landed in hot water, so to speak. We will come to examine God's judgment over that plague later on as well. But here, when these Egyptian cultic priests surrendered, Pharaoh would not listen to his own magicians or sorcerers. When the Bible says, Pharaoh would not listen, he would not listen to God, and he wouldn't even listen to his own cult leaders who says to him, God is God, only he can do this. Even after the sorcerers themselves had already given up or bowed the practice down to the Almighty God, Pharaoh would not let up. Meaning, Pharaoh was invested in their sorcery even more than they were. In other words, 
the customers of the occult will not relent. The customers who buy the service of occult practices won't let it go even when it doesn't work or after they go out of business. The suppliers cease to operate, but the market still demands it. In this case, it was between Pharaoh and his sorcerers. This occult, false god-worshipping idolatry provokes the anger of God. This allegiance to the occult is the false god worship that this plague of the insects revealed. It wasn't about the gnats, it wasn't the insects as numerous as there's dust on the ground. That's a sign, that's a sign pointing to this idolatry. It's about the allegiance of men and women to occult practices. If there were no demand, there would be no supply. But Pharaoh wanted his own occult religions and practices. And that drove sorcerers and diviners to come out of woodworks to make a living by it. And together, they came under the judgment of God. Disasters came, and that allegiance to the occult is the root issue, the heart issue to be addressed. The sins of occultism are in both the diviners and the buyers of their service. Therein is the idolatry of the heart and allegiance to the occult practices angers God. Imagine you being the father to your family, or maybe you are. You love your family, and you provide for all your children and your wife. You love them. You protect them. There isn't a single thing that you would not do for them. And say someone, a stranger, comes along and tries to make you disappear from the picture. Practically, physically, legally, everything to make you disappear from the picture of this family, to make you disappear and dare to claim that he is the father instead of you and you must leave. That kind of relationship hoax is absolutely fraudulent, deceitful, and deplorable. That is the offense of idolatry against God when someone worship or follow a false god. Occult practices are businesses. They prey on idolatrous hearts of men and women who prefers the illusion of being in control or having the means to manipulate the natural principles of God's created order in things like consulting mediums and the dead. Oftentimes, it is sold and bought. When men and women are stubbornly bent on worshipping the occult from the beginning, they provoke God's judgment against all the God's in their hearts. And the liberating truth of the gospel is not only that God is in control, but He's also lovingly for us. He is for us as any father would, because God is the Father in heaven. The book of Acts shows a clear difference in the power of the gospel. In chapter 16 of the book of Acts, the apostle Paul met a slave girl who was used by her owner, employed, used by her owner to make a living off of her fortune-telling, a type of occult. This slave girl kept shouting at the Apostle Paul, these men, they serve the highest God. Notice the idea of rankings again. They serve the highest God. And the Apostle Paul spoke to her, commanded the spirit of the occult, not the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul spoke to her and commanded the spirits of the occult to come out. Come out in the name of Jesus. Paul, a servant of Jesus, 
He made no financial gains or take no advantage of the situation or the slave girl, so that this person can go free, free in the spiritual sense, and free from the occult practices. There is hope for every single person, no matter what you've been through or where you've come from spiritually. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a way of a new life. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creature, new creation. The old passes and the new comes. Why Jesus Christ? Because for Jesus, even the temptations of the devils, of powers and kingdoms, has had no hold on Jesus. Because even the most powerful weapon of Satan, which is death, a weapon more powerful than diseases and fear, is powerless. Against Jesus, in His life there is the resurrection. All authority in heaven and on earth is given by God the Father to Jesus. There is power and authority over all things in Jesus and in the name of Jesus Christ. The Christian mission issued by Jesus to every church is to point to God's saving mercy over His people. The door is open. Every people who worship God in Jesus Christ are His people, no matter what you've been involved in in the past or what you've been through. Surrender to Christ, in the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit of God, and by faith, and be renewed in life by the Spirit of God, in a way that you may have not ever experienced in the past. The contest is not whether fortune telling or the occult works or doesn't work. The question to every person is: Which God? Who is the one you worship? To whom do you come under and commune with, and surrender? Because the God of the Bible is the truest, highest, and the greatest living God. He holds the highest authority, and there is none other like Him to be worshipped. I once drove past a small church built right across the street from an occult practicing service, hardly a hundred meters apart. Not sure which was built first, the occult or the church. And while driving by, I wondered what was being done there to win that spiritual battle, so that the people of the community would know the Lord is the highest God of all. So that people may have a chance to come under God's protection, a chance to choose and know the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe God chose that piece of land to raise His church for all the people to see and to worship Him there. God has both the power to judge, and the mercy to protect. This becomes clearer and clearer in the plagues coming up between the Egyptians and the Hebrews.